In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fool. This is the word that we're greeted with in the Gospel today. It's a very harsh word. You don't say that in love, right? We hear the story of a very greedy man whose solution for the crops that God has yielded for him is to tear down his barns and build bigger ones so that he can keep everything for himself. And we might join God in saying, what a fool. But the purpose of this parable is not for us to point the finger at someone that we can call a fool. Because our Lord says at the very end, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What is our Lord saying in that? If we have ears to hear, then this parable will be to our benefit. But if we see this parable as just a story about some guy who's messing things up and doing things wrong, we receive no benefit. So if we listen to our Lord's words, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let us hear this parable as it relates to us, not to some random man. In fact, what our Lord is saying is he's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to repentance. You see, sometimes it's all in the tone of voice. So let me read this once more, just the portion. Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Now let me read it a different way. Oh foolish one, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? This is the voice of our Lord. And in fact, in the, the Greek, there are no exclamation points. So the fact of having the exclamation point, that's an editorial decision of the translators. The rich man is pitiable. He's pitiable. Because of his possessiveness, he has been blinded. He's unable to see because of his possessiveness, because he says, it's his. And the God-given greatness of the human part, its heart, its capacity for generosity, for compassion, for care and concern, that greatness of heart has been reduced to this small, hard heart that says, mine, mine, this is mine, that is mine. To the point where he even said, this is my life. He decided he was going to have a long life. And that's where we could stay. He even further overstepped his bounds. Because who determines his life? My brothers and sisters, we are caretakers who have been entrusted things by God. We are caretakers. In the bulletin, there's a quote uh, from St. Clement of Alexandria on the back page, tucked within the announcements. He who holds possessions as gifts of God and knows that what he possesses is for the sake of others is blessed by God and poor in spirit. You could say it's a quote of the opposite person than this person in the Gospel. We are caretakers, caretakers of God's gifts. The possessions that we have in our lives 
are things that we are entrusted to take care of. And when we become possessive of God's gifts, we turn from caretakers into usurpers. There's another story, another parable of caretakers who decide that it's theirs instead. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press into it, and built a tower, and he leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. When the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize our in his inheritance. So he took, they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. And our Lord finishes with this question. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? And what do the scribes and Pharisees say? They say, He will destroy those wicked men miserably. In that parable, we can hear how much we are like that. We are caretakers that have made ourselves into owners. With everything in our lives, we've been entrusted these things, and instead we say, this is mine. I own this. I control this. I decide the outcome of this. But what we can also see in that parable that I just read from the Gospel of Matthew is we can look at human justice. Because that was what the Pharisees and the scribes, they were saying. What would be right in that situation? The owner of the land has had his servants abused and killed and his own son killed. What's the right thing? They said it. He'll go in there and kill them all off and give the land to people who will give him fruit in due season. But this is not the justice of God. You see, we come back to the way in which the passage in today's Gospel is understood. Because if we understand him as saying, Oh foolish one, look! Look what you're doing! This is the compassion of God. Because in that parable of the vine dressers, that's not the outcome in real life. Because we understand what is this par that parable about? It's about Christ. Right? And of course, the one who owns the vineyard is God the Father, and He sends His Son. We understand this parable so well. But does it end like that? God comes and kills everyone off because they all took things and said that they were their possessions. No. What does God do? He knows that His Son will be killed. And He sends Him. And He knows that they won't understand, and they will kill Him. And then after that, what does He do? He offers us eternal life through that. It's a completely different understanding of right and wrong. Because it's in God's compassion. He said in the Gospel yesterday, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. This is our God. This is the one who is saying to the rich man, Oh foolish one, don't do this. Don't you see what you're doing to yourself? 
Because truly, if we can't let go, we are pitiable. God in His love, He says, let go. Let go. I've mentioned about the clinched fist. There's a story from my childhood. When I was a little kid, I was one of those kids, if, I don't know if any of you have had kids like this, always had things in my hand. Always I would go around with a little toy, a little Lego, a little this or that. And we were camping one time along a creek. And my mother so many times would say, put the things out of your hand, set them down, don't walk around with things in your hand. Why? Because if you fall, you're not going to be able to catch yourself. So I was hopping along this creek and I slipped on a wet rock. My hands weren't there to save me. I landed right on my face and my tooth went through my lip. I still have the scar from that. It's a lesson. When we hold on to things, we become less. We become less able. We become less caring. We become less able to do the things that God is wanting to do with our lives. Our heart becomes small instead of it being expanded by God. As adults, our grip is different, but our grip is still has the same results. It ends in what? In worry, in anxiety, in greed, in jealousy, in envy, in anger. These are all symptomatic of what? That we are possessing things that aren't our possession. We are saying it's ours when it's not. Still God, in His patient and long-suffering love, He says, let go. Give. Don't hold on. He tries to loosen our grip. Like my mother saying, trust me, let go of the things. Let go. He knows that we need to lighten our load for the journey ahead. You see, God is not doing this because He just wants to test us and because He has possessiveness and He wants to show us that it's His things. Not at all. He gives us these things so that we can learn to be light with them. Not heavily burdened down by the, all the cares and worries of the things that we have, the things that we possess, but so that we can be light with them. I've mentioned before the Greek saying, The burial shroud has no pockets. This is what our Lord is preparing us for. That we don't have anything coming into this world. We don't have anything leaving this world. So why are we amassing and building up and collecting? But our Lord in His compassion, He's trying to teach us, just as in the Gospel today, and in many lessons that we have in our own individual lives. Times when we're being offered the opportunity to let go. Because the interesting thing is, He says in the Gospel, so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. That's an interesting phrase. Rich toward God. Are we the benefactors of God? Are we the ones that are going, here God, you can have this. Not at all. But it doesn't say rich toward the poor, rich toward the needy. It says rich toward God. So what does this mean? We are being given the opportunity to give back to God what He has given to us. He doesn't need it. We know that. God does not need it. God's church does not need it. But we are being offered this opportunity to lighten our loads so that we can be light when it comes the day that we depart this life. From the very beginning of time, people made their offerings. We remember Cain and Abel. 
how they both made offerings, one out of the hardness of his heart and one out of the generosity of his heart. Because Abel made the offering that was of his first fruits. And Moses commanded the Jewish people to make offerings. And all throughout the history of humans, human life, there's been this offering back to God, this richness towards God. And we continue this today, we give it different names, tithing or stewardship or whatever it may be. But this is our offering, our richness towards God. Because again, it's not that God needs it. The church does not need your money. Let me be very clear about that. The church does not need your money. The church is God's action in the world. Is that ever going to disappear or go away? Of course not. Certainly we have these practical things of buildings and lights and all of these things like that. But don't be confused. Our giving to the church is not because the church needs it. Our richness towards God is not because God's poor and He needs our richness. Our richness towards God is for our salvation. It is for the expanding of our heart. And the more that we expand our heart, the more that we give to God, the more that we are rich to God, the more that we will be prepared for the journey ahead. Because ultimately this is about the journey ahead. We don't want to be the pitiable fool who it's too late. His soul is required of him and it's too late. He hasn't prepared, and so he's weighed down to this earth. Let us make our souls light, be rich towards God, and glorify him in all things that he's given us. Amen.